All right, so I want to continue today, and I'm going to revisit the scriptures that in the first mess, first uh, message concerning the servant. And please turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 42 to 45. This is Jesus speaking. He said, But Jesus said to them, to, But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, Who? His disciples. He said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. All right? Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first will, shall be, is, shall be slave of all. For him, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I said initially, those who rule over the Gentiles, they let them know that they are in charge and have no problem exerting their authority, usually to get more power and or keep power. They lord it over them. They let the people know that we are in charge and you are beneath us or you, you serve us or you, you, we say and you do. Okay? Jesus said, this is not how it is going to be with you. In other words, he says here, it, in verse 43, it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. This is not how it's going to be with my disciples, with my people in my kingdom. If a person desires to become great in the kingdom, that person must become a servant to those in the kingdom. If you want to be exalted, you got to lower yourself, you got to humble yourself and become a servant. If a person wants to be in a place of honor, they must become a slave to all. That is not the way the world works. But that is the way it is in the kingdom. Again, a servant in the kingdom of God <clears throat> is a person who is redeemed through the blood of Christ and is subjected to him or obey him without question. This person willingly performs works and are led by the Spirit so that the will of the Heavenly Father is done on earth. That is the definition of a servant. That's not how it is in the world. Absolutely not. There is nothing that is too menial. A servant in the kingdom of God will not do to benefit others. In the world, the people in charge don't do menial work. They say, that's not my job. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here to do your work. I'm not here to do the menial work. You are, that's why you are the slave. You are the servant. 
But in the kingdom, there is nothing that is too menial that a servant of God will not do to, for, to benefit others. And Jesus said the example when he washes disciples' feet. He said, I am Lord over you. I am your teacher. And Jesus is king, but he washes disciples' feet. He said, what I did is an example to you. Okay? So there's the servant in the kingdom, whether you're the pastor or the leader or the head of the organization, whatever. Nothing is too menial for that person to do. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That is not the way it operates in the world. So with that said, many in leadership in the church want to be served and run the church as a corporation. In the natural, it is set up that way because of the laws of the land and so forth. It is set up that way. There's a president or CEO. There's a there's their vice president. There's a the treasurer, whatever. There's a board of directors, so forth. The company is set up that way. That that's the law. That's how it is supposed to be structured on the on because of uh, on earth and the laws of the land. In the naturally, it is set up that way because of the laws, as I said, because it needs structure, some form of structure. But spiritually, the kingdom of God is not like that. It's set up like that in the natural, but spiritually, it doesn't function like a corporation. Spiritually, if you understand what I'm saying here. In other words, the founder or the pastor or the bishop, whomever, and the board, they are ultimately responsible to meet the requirements of the land. To, meet, to, to fulfill the laws of the land you have to meet that structure and maintain it. But the way the church ought to function is not like a corporation. There are natural things put in place for structure, organization, and functionality. But truly the church is a spiritual entity operating in a natural realm. The church is a spiritual entity operating in a natural realm. It's structured in certain ways and because of the laws of the land, it's structured to satisfy that dynamic. But the way it functions is different than the typical corporation on the earth. At least the way it's supposed to function. Now, Everyone involved with this organization or church are servants. Everyone is a servant from the, the top to the bottom, if you want to call it that. There's really no top and bottom in the, in the kingdom of God. And I'll talk more about that next week. There's no top and there's no bottom. There's no higher and there's no lower in the body. Each has a different function. However, every one involved in the church, in the organization, in the body of Christ, from the leadership onwards, are servants. 
all servants, servants to one another, servants to Christ. No one is greater than the other. Each member has the responsibility to serve the whole by serving each other. Each person has the responsibility to serve the whole by serving each other. When you serve each other, the whole benefits because of that. Alright? No one exercises authority or lord over another like in the world. And everyone should understand that the true head is Christ. The true head is Christ. It's not the pastor, it's not the bishop. They are not the head. They are overseers, and there's a, that's a function. But an overseer is a servant. Serve Christ, but also serve everyone else. They are servants. So no one exercises authority over or lords over another, like in the world. Yes, as I said, there's structure for order, but the heart of each individual is to serve. At least the heart of each individual should be to serve, to put the needs of others before their own to benefit the whole. That's how, that's the dynamic in the body of Christ. That's how it's supposed to function. All that I said is based upon what Jesus just said there. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you have to become a servant to all. That's that's it. And he gave the example. If you want to be in a place of honor, become a slave to all. You have to lower yourself and become a slave or a servant to others to be in a place of honor. But the scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in, he'll exalt you in due season. So if you want to be put in a place of honor, you have to humble yourself. You have to lower your, yourself. That's how it works in the kingdom. You don't try to put yourself in a place of honor. You serve God, you serve others, and God will, re will recognize and honor you in due season. So that when promotion comes from God, it doesn't come from your efforts from trying to put yourself in a place of honor. Because then you are responsible for maintaining that. But when God exalts you, the only person that can keep you there is God. Because you didn't get there by your own strength. It's His grace because you walk in humility, because you love him, serve him, he will, and serve others, he will exalt you in due season. So the responsibility is on him, not you. You only thing we have to do is obey him. And you humble ourselves and serve one another. Know this. The shepherd, or the head, who is Christ, will never take advantage 
of the sheep. The shepherd will never take advantage of the sheep. Never, never. Won't, won't do it. The Christ Jesus never would take advantage of his, of his people. Never. He will never take advantage of the brethren. And neither should the servants. If the head won't do it, why would the servants do it? And there's a parable about that, but I'm not going to talk about, about that parable. And Jesus gave a parable about that. Those who lord over the sheep by manipulation and coercion for money and power are not servants, but they do what ungodly rulers do. And Jesus says, this is not how it is going to be among you. This is not the example of a servant, but a thief. Because the scripture says, the thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you have people in the body who are manipulating, coercing for money and power, they are thieves. They are hirelings. That's why Jesus said in verse 42, if you go to verse 42, Jesus said, The rulers over Gentiles, Lord over them, or Lord it over them, what? Their authority. And exercise that authority over them. This is not how it is in the kingdom of God. This is not the way it's supposed to be in the kingdom. And if you have a heart of a servant, you would understand that. This will not be the behavior of a true servant of God. When we see this type of behavior in the churches, recognize that it is not Christ-like. These are not true servants, but they are greedy, ravenous wolves who act, as I said, as hirelings. They're not in it to benefit the brethren. They're not in, in it to really help the, the, the flock, the people. They're really in it for their own desires. And that is not the heart of a true servant of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, you can turn to that and reference that on your time, or when you have time, he said, he said, you will know them, who is them? Those who are truly of the faith and those who are not of the faith. You will know them by their fruits. He said, by their fruits you will know them. By their behavior, their speech, their actions, their lifestyle. When I say lifestyle, it's not what they have. It's how they conduct themselves. You will know if they really have a servant's heart or not. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the, enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. That's what Jesus said. Not everyone who says to me, on that day, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. And what is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is that we love each other through service extended to each other. 
And the way you show the love, that you love the Father, is when you have the heart of a servant. Because when you have a heart of a servant, you will serve each other because you want to see each other prosper. You want to see each other do well. But you also edify the body. And when you edify the body, the will of the Father is done on earth as it is in heaven. Alright? So Jesus said, and I read that back in verse 45 on Mark chapter 10, he said, I did not come to be served. Even though he is the son of God, but also the son of man, he said, I didn't come to serve, to be served. I came to serve. Okay? He's Lord, teacher. He's also king. But when he came as man, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He set the example of what it means to be a servant. Now, what we are seeing now on social media and other places about, you see things both about churches, about pastors, about leaders, Many people who were prominent and many people who were in the woodworks that we didn't know about, we've seen a lot of them now getting exposed on social media. Professing people we thought really served the Lord, served Jesus and loved the Lord. But they're really serving their own appetites. We are seeing believers challenging the status quo. We are seeing people who are seeking God and getting revelation of what it means to be a servant of God and of Christ. And they are speaking out against the hypocrisy in the church. And not only speaking out, they are exposing it. The things that used to be tolerated in the church is no longer being tolerated. So glory to God. And that's a good thing. Now, let me show you something here. What's happening in the world as far as the church. 1 Peter chapter 4. Let me show you the season that we are in concerning the church. At least this is part of it. Not all of it, but part of it. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. And if we go, as time goes, we're going to see a lot, a lot more and more of this. Okay, now, <clears throat> First Peter chapter 4, verse 17 to verse 19. This is Peter's writing. He said here, verse 17, For the time has come. Now, this is what he wrote back then, and it started then, but we're seeing it accelerate more and more now. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us, First, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Verse 18, now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, 
Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Now what I want us to see there. He says judgment first begins in the house of the Lord. The Lord is separating the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff. He's dealing with the church first, then he will deal with the world. So the exposure of these charlatans, <clears throat> the challenging of the status quo, is God's judgment in the church. And it's going to continue and it's going to escalate. The things that we use, people use, God used to let, let slide, or Jesus used to let slide. No more. That's not happening anymore. He's separating. He's dealing with the church first. Before he can judge the world, he has to declean the church up. Alright. So the church, why? Because the church is to be a witness for Christ. The church cannot be a witness for Christ if it's messed up. The only way the church can be a witness for Christ is if we are one. And we are not one. Why? Because we don't have the heart of a servant. And many people don't understand what that means or what that is. When you have the heart of a servant, the church can be one. Why? Because we will be of one mind, one accord, serving one another. And when you have that oneness, then you have power. And when you have power, then the manifestation, the manifestations of the, of the gifts of the Spirit or, or, or the power of God is made evident. Being a witness that Jesus was who he said he was. That he really was here and the son of God. That's what Jesus prayed in John 17. But it can only happen when we are one. And we can only be one when we understand that what it means to be a servant. So it says here. It says here in verse. Let me get to verse 18. If the righteous one is scarcely saved. Scarcely saved. It says, we who are in Christ, we are just making it. We are just making it. If we look at our lives daily, we are a mess. And we are just making it. Much less for the world. He said, what, what, where would the ungodly and the sinner appear? If we who are saved are just making it, what about them? You know, that's why we cannot be haughty. We can't be full of ourselves with our salvation. We cannot look down on people. We, ha we cannot take our salvation for granted. But we must walk in humility daily. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. Try walking with clean hands, a clean heart, a clean conscience before God daily. It's a daily walk. You cannot take your salvation for granted. So, you know, we see those who are full of themselves, haughty, high-minded, manipulating, taking advantage of the sheep. They think they're going to make it, but they deceive. They have to be careful. So we ought to be doing good, as it said here in verse 19. Let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good. We don't do good to be saved. We do good because we are saved, because we love God. It says here, we ought to be doing good according to the will of God. That's the will of God for your life, to do good. And suffer because of it. When there's that word suffer, let me explain what that suffering is. That suffering is denying self. When you deny yourself, you are, you suffer because you're giving up your own desires to do something that you, that you rather not do. But you're doing it. It costs you something. Do you understand what I'm saying? It costs you something. So it says, denying yourself to serve others for the benefit of all. So that God's will is done on the earth. But also with that suffering, because we are willing to take a stand for righteousness, we can be persecuted. Do you understand? We can come under persecution, which can cause physical harm, economic harm, and so forth. So there are different ways. When they talk about suffer, people always think that it's, it's, you can be persecuted or whatever, even though that happens and people are martyred because of it. But this suffering is not you purposely putting yourself in harm's way. No, it is you denying yourself because it costs you something. I hope you understand that. Jesus was always in service to his father, always. He made himself a voluntary slave. He willingly obeyed his father. He denied himself. See, that's the suffering. He suffered. He even, when they talk about suffering on the cross, is that, that was not only physical suffering because he, of the pain from the beating, and the nails, but, but his soul, he denied himself. He could have called a legion of angels to save him, but he didn't do it. Do you understand? He put our needs before his own. He suffered. He denied himself. Do you understand that? Okay? So he denied himself to serve the Father and to serve us. And he died for our benefit. This is also what is expected of us today. We must become willing servants or slaves to God by obeying Christ. It is voluntary. We do it because we love Him. Do you understand that? Nobody beats us over the head. We do it 
because we love Him. We subject our will to Him because we love Him. Because He first loved us and gave Himself a ransom for us so we don't have to pay for our own sin. So we do it. I do this because I love Him. Because I want to please Him. That's why I do what I do. Okay? So understand what this heart of a servant is. We serve because we want to please Him. We serve because we want His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We serve Him because we love our brethren and we want to see them as we mature in Christ. We want to see them grow and mature also, becoming strong in Christ. Because as every member becomes strong, the whole body benefits. The whole body becomes stronger. And I'll talk more about this next week and how it applies to being a servant. Okay? So I really hope you're able to receive this message today. 